Hey Gorgeous, this is episode number 151 and we have our amazing guests Rob and Kennedy back tuning in from England. Hi, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. You are listening to the Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Enjoy. Well, I am pumped to have red hair Rob and platinum blonde Kennedy back on the show today. They're the most unlikely entrepreneurs that you have ever met. In the last episode, we talked about tweaking your emails for much better results, for being able to serve more in a better way and also to sell more with ease. And today we are going to go deeper on better engagement with your clients. So make sure you are staying tuned. You subscribe to Heart Sales Podcast so you get notified with each and every new episode. And now we're going to tune in with Rob and Kennedy who have hairstyles that look more like comic book characters and with their backgrounds in psychology, hypnosis and show business, it's kind of hard to believe that they are actually serial entrepreneurs with an uncanny knack for building businesses with riotous email marketing. So enjoy and let's welcome them back. Well, I am super excited to have Rob and Kennedy back on the show. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much. Um, you know, you begged us quite hard to come back on the show after the last episode. <laughs> so we finally gave in and, and no, not at all. It was a pleasure. And we've got our names <laughs> the right way around this time. Yes. So yes. if you listen to the so last who's episode. who? So I'm Rob and Kennedy. And we're, we're the You're not Rob and Kennedy. You still haven't got this, Rob. I pointed at you, but I realized that it's an audio listening to it, this. This is a, podca a podcast. So I'm you know, Rob. I'm Kennedy. There we go. Uh, there um, we go. Awesome. And that's sorted. It's good, isn't Let's it? stick with this. <laughs> Let's be honest. If we can run a business, anybody can, right? <laughs> Big lessons for life, folks. So fun. So um, we, we shared like a lot of interesting things in the last episode about how to engage people more into your content by really getting their biggest pain point first not yeah. waiting until they went through a ton of email sequences, maybe already opted out or are totally disengaged. So if somebody already was smart enough to build an email list, which I see some people are missing that important point uh -huh. um, because then they don't own the traffic, the, the emails, they are owned by Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform they are using. How can people know that the engagement is already pretty good in their email marketing. Like what would be like the percentage of opened emails that would show you something good is going on? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. I remember I spent a load of money a few quite a few years ago now running ads on Facebook to get likes on my Facebook page. I was like, I've got to get all these likes. I have this like campaign. We all had like campaigns. And then, because we thought when we do that, people who like our pages are much more likely to see our posts on our pages. So we'll do all of that. And we all spent loads of money on and it. And it made sense at the time. It did make sense at the time. But now we know if we post anything on our Facebook pages, the reach of that is very, very low because of they're in charge of their algorithm. Whereas that's not the case with our emails. If you get people to move from a platform like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, onto your email list, you control the deliverability of that. You can decide 
every single person who I send this to is going to get it. There's no algorithm to be defensive of. So yeah, it's really important to do that, isn't it? So once you've got them on your list, you do want to make sure people are opening your emails. It's hard to say what the average rate should be. A lot of people get started in email marketing and expect that it's going to be like 90, 95% open rates and a massive click-through rate. And then are really disappointed when it's not, or they get disappointed and disheartened every time somebody unsubscribes. And the truth of the matter is that actually the average open rates totally vary. I would guess based on conversations we've had and heard they're somewhere between six and 10% open rates, depending on your industry, depending on, you know, if you're the only thought leader in your industry, they're probably going to be much higher than that. Um, if you are in a competitive industry, they could be lower than that. So you probably want to be, if, if it's if it's 1%, 2% open rates, you're probably in most industri- industries going to consider that to be far too low. Uh, but somewhere between six, six to 12, 10, maybe 12% is kind of the number we hear around a lot. Yeah. One of the things to consider as well is the source of where that those emails came from. If you purchased a list and they don't know you and they didn't opt in to have a relationship with you, then it's going to be significantly lower. And again, half a percent to 1% isn't what you might expect because you're really trying to do something something more like lead generation. But if they're opted in, then you want something higher. We actually interviewed somebody recently for the email marketing show podcast we have. And she gets, and she was disappointed with this. She was expecting 95% open rate and was furious when she was only getting 60%. And I was like, wow, I would love 60%. (laughs) Like I would give my right arm for that in some ways, you know? But um, yeah, so I think, yeah, about 10% would be great. Okay, good. So, so we kind of have like a benchmark because as you said, like people are disappointed when you open up, you, you know, you put your heart in, you wrote your next blog article, you made that great offer and then you see, well, you know, people have not really engaged, really open. And that, that number of percentage that, you know, that 10%, let's call it. And again, it is industry specific, specific so don't, don't take our word for it, but is, is just testament to the fact that singular email, sending a single email out is not the way to do email marketing. One of the things we hear a lot talking to people about email marketing is, oh, I'm really struggling with my email marketing. And we ask them to open up their campaigns and show us what they've done. And they say, what do you mean campaigns? Well, I sent this email out about my new book and only a few people bought it. And I'm like, wow, you sent one email out and expected that 10% to be the the golden 10%. The truth is, that's the reason we should have a sequence of emails, a campaign of emails, which build up an offer, build up the communication and actually actually make that offer in a way that you're going to get the maximum number of people opening and engaging with it. So never send out a single broadcast, never send out a single offer, a single email. It should always be part of a campaign that builds upon itself. If you've got a thousand people on your list and you send out an email and a hundred people open it and you send out another email about the same thing tomorrow and a hundred people open that, there's not, they're not going to be the same hundred people. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused. They say, well, I told my list about this yesterday. I hear, but 900 of them don't know what you told them. And so when you send it out tomorrow, there may be a bunch of people who were on holiday yesterday and they got back today or they were, you know, they were busy when you sent it out yesterday and now they're, they're free today. And so what you get is there'll be some crossover, of course, but what you'll get is most people who get to the second chance to open that email will be different and therefore you're exposing it to a different bunch of people from your list. And this brings us on the, the conversation of segmentation, which is the thing we've been talking about a lot. And that is to make sure that when somebody purchases something from you, they are no longer in that sequence of, hey, if you didn't buy this thing, or hey, if you didn't take my survey, or if, 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 if you're asking if, it means you haven't segmented the people who did 
out of the sequence. So you're now actually annoying your most hyper-responsive people, the most valuable people in your business. So make sure it's a really simple, the simplest bit of segmentation is remove people who've taken the action you're asking them to do from your follow-up sequence, which is asking them to do that thing. So there's a really simple thing you could go do right away. And I would highly recommend you do that. You'll build up a better rapport, a deeper relationship with your, your subscribers for sure. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are afraid that they kind of overdo the email dose and then that people that like to follow are unfollowing, uh, which is not good for the business either. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So do you, do you guys remember the very first thing that you've ever sold in your life? The very first thing I ever sold. So technically, technically, it was our entertainment stuff. It would be bit yes. getting booked to go and perform a gig. However, when it comes to online, online. what did I say? It can be offline. Like the very first thing you can even remember. Well, for, yeah, for me, it was definitely a gig. I think yeah, we were a kids entertainer. Yeah, we, yeah, a kids entertainment thing. We're doing kids parties when I was like 15. So that, that would have been that. Cool. So how did it feel to ask for money? Terrifying, of course, because we, we all, I think we all take for granted that we worked on the thing we do as a passion. We do the thing we do mostly because we like to do the thing we do and we like the outcome it gets for people and we like the outcome it gets for us in terms of the satisfaction or the applause or the, the pat on the back or whatever the heck that is or the fact you get to see, it, to see it working. And then to think of that as a commercial thing that people should pay you money for is difficult because let's say for, for, for you, Rob, for example, when you were a kid's entertainer, you really loved magic and you loved like that whole costume thing. And, and the whole, the whole thing of it was, was really good, but often we're turning hobbies into businesses. Right. So you, you were a magician as a kid, you were in the magic circle and won all those competitions and did all those things. And you turned your, your, your passion into a business. And now suddenly you're going, Oh, people will pay me for this. And how do I ask? And why should they see value in my silly little hobby? is a real is is a really challenging thing and i had a conversation with somebody yesterday on facebook actually about this exact thing and my question my question to her my sort of response to her was like when she was talking about being afraid of selling things i said do you think that when somebody buys something or pays something to you they will see more value in it and therefore they're more likely to take action on it and of course the answer is yes and i said also if this is your sole source of income, she was thinking about giving up her business and going and just taking a job. And I said, whoa, if this person really needs your help and do they really need your help? And she said, of course they need my help or they need my service. It might not be help, but it might be, they really need their children to be entertained at their birthday. So they really, it could be as, it could be whatever, whatever stream of, you know, it could be life-saving or, or fun. Do you think they really need your help? And the answer is yes, they really need my help. Okay. so. If you have to give up and go and get a job and they can no longer get your help, do you not think they wish they could have paid you so you can keep doing the thing you're doing and helping them? And the answer, of course, is yes. So people understand that in order to keep delivering the value that you're delivering, you have to be paid so you can keep doing the thing that they need you to do. And that's really, really important for all of us to remember that in order to keep doing what we're doing, and not have to give it up and leave those people and abandon them and no longer serve them. We have to have income. And that's what, as soon as we get that, as soon as that really clicks for us, and I don't mean just hear it like right now, but I mean, as soon as it really clicks for us, that's when 
you can unleash and, and, and remove those restraints. Yeah. Is that also when you gained like your confidence in selling when you understood that people actually need what you have to offer? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And I think we all do obsess about chasing the next customer. I think it's, we talk about this a lot when we're giving presentations at events around the world and stuff. We talk about our obsession as humans. I think it's probably hardwired into us with chasing the next bit of prey, right? Chasing that next client is exciting because we've got to get up and be hunter gatherers like we were in the caveman and woman days, right? That's all good, but it's expensive in time, money, and also emotion. Instead of chasing new customers, get a whole bunch of them and treat them really, really well and offer the most value you possibly can to those people. And two things are going to happen. One, you're going to earn more from them. And we'll give you a little strategy in a second of how to do that. without actually having to sell to them, which is really interesting that a load of our response suite clients are using. And the other thing that happens is because you're delivering the most value and the most transformation for those people, and they're emotionally involved in you and emotionally invested in you, they start telling other people because they're, and then that might be on Facebook. It might be in personal one-to-one -one conversations in a coffee shop with their friends. It could be on Twitter. It could, they're going to tell people about the incredible transformation they're receiving and credit you with that, which is going to bring you inbound sales inquiries, which reduces that friction and that fear we have of being outbound. So serving the people you're already working with really is the key to making sales much, much easier. Yeah, to totally agree. And like being authentic, coming from the heart and really want to serve people the best way you can. Um, yeah. At least that's, that's a tribe of hard sales. They want to make sure that they deliver amazing value. But on the other hand, you know, they need to build a business because otherwise, if, you ha if they have a hobby, that's not serving mm -hmm. anyone. No, absolutely. So, yeah. So, shall we talk about a really simple strategy? In fact, Rob's going to give that yeah, to you. A really simple to. strategy for how do we maximize the value we can give to the people we're already serving without really having to sell very much. Yeah. So, one of the big problems that people have with selling more stuff to their existing customers is opening that sales conversation in the first place. Because somebody's come along and they've bought your product or they've engaged in your service or something and they've given you their money and you've done that thing. And then at the end of it, everyone, you think it was good, they think it was good. And then now the next sort of bit is to either wait for them to come back to you and think, oh, do you know what, Christine could also help me with this. Or, and that, you know, that's so out of your control and takes forever. Or the alternative is you could say, um, oh, uh, pens, do a special off on pens today. I'll, I'll call those people who bought PayPal last week and I'll try and sell them some pens. But it just feels like a bit of an icky conversation to start, doesn't it? So one of our favorite things to do is to do something that looks and feels completely, completely natural and then leverage a sales conversation off the back of that. And the way that we do it is just to ask for some customer feedback. And it's a thing that a lot of businesses, smaller businesses don't bother doing because it looks like something that only big corporations do. And it looks like it's really complicated and boring and nobody likes completing surveys, do they, et cetera. So what we tend to do is to create really short customer feedback surveys that achieve two things. They get feedback on the thing that you just delivered. They get you feedback on how was the product X or service Y. And then you get to find out what else do you need help with at the moment? What are your other big struggles? What else are you interested in right now? This actually came about because of an IT company of all things. Uh, it was ages and ages and ages ago. Uh, for example, in this room in, here in our office in Newcastle-upon-Tyne in uh, lovely England, we had a little network privately fitted into our little room within the serviced office building. And we got an IT company to come and do it. And they fitted it and they did the work and that was wonderful and they went away. 
And then we received an invoice and I logged in and I paid the invoice. It was good. And I never received another piece of communication from them ever again until once we were stood and we bumped into them at an event. Cause obviously they're a local business. We bump into people mm-hmm. and we were in conversation with them about things about how it was all going and what they were doing. They're a great company. And one of the things they'd said was that they had over 200 product lines and that includes everything from antivirus and backups and all sorts of other things that we don't understand. And what we realized is there's loads of things that we are currently paying for that we could have paid them for, but they never tried to sell them to us. We're actually paying for them. We actually want them. There's loads of stuff we're not paying for, but we do want, and we're not buying it from anybody, but we're certainly not buying it from them because we didn't know they did it. They haven't tried to sell it to us. We've received no marketing communication to that effect. And online businesses and and coaches and most of us are doing the same thing. So what we started to do was to get to a point where somebody comes in, they buy a product or service, they very quickly, maybe five days after that's been consumed, they get a, a quick survey with two questions. The questions are, number one, how would you rate this thing from one to, or zero to 10? Great. Very, very simple. They can just click that with one click of the mouse. And then the second question is, which of these other things is a problem or a priority for you right now? And a bunch of different things. So in the IT company's case, that might be, I'm worried about the security of my data, or I'm worried about uh, viruses and uh, those sorts of things. And so now what happens is somebody can click one or more of those options. They go ahead and click submit, that zaps all that information back into their, into their CRM and their email platform. And now we start to receive perfectly segmented, lovely emails that start a conversation about the things we've just said we want. So there's none of this big brother is watching you stuff that we're all terrified about now, thanks to Netflix documentaries and other conspiracists saying that, you know, the social media networks are listening to our conversations and they're pooling all of our data to build this massively that they know us better than we know ourselves. There's nothing to do with that. This is literally asking people some questions, finding out what they want help with and then selling them or not selling them, giving them the opportunity to buy the thing that they've just told you they want, the solution to the problem they've just told you that they've got. And there's no guessing here. This is not trying to fly under the radar. This is actively asking people to say, what is your challenge right now that you're happy to admit to and share out loud by clicking on this survey? They're saying, I want you to contact me about this thing. And so now you can pick up the phone. You can drop them an email. You can send them automated emails. However you want that follow-up to look about the thing and say, hey, I noticed you said you were really concerned about X new thing. Do you want to have a conversation about how we can help with that thing? And so now, and every single, every single time that a person buys something from you, they're giving you feedback, which they expect to do. You're collecting that feedback and they're now being moved into increasing the value that you can provide them and the value that they are in terms of monetary value to your business for growth. Hmm. Beautiful. And then sales becomes more natural because you more don't natural. need to push. You don't have that feeling like sleazy or like salesy. It's just something they ask for and you make the offer. Yeah. I mean, I think the big process of selling, of building up the pain and you know, pointing out the pain points and really nudging them, you don't need to do that. They've done that in, the, they've done that in their own head. They know, what, they know they've got this problem because they've told you. And so all you now have to do is to do the bit where you prove that you're the, the one for them. And that's not going to be difficult either because they've already bought something. Yeah. They already have received value. Yeah. I mean, so this actually removes that whole expensive cost of going and finding new clients. That's the advertising cost. That's the going and, and the time cost of making that happen. That's the emotional cost of, oh, I don't really feel like doing it today, or I'm not feeling very confident with my selling. It builds your business without any additional costs because you're building your business internally through deeper relationships with the people you already have relationships with and yeah, like yeah. working with. Yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. So that's also, we wanted to talk about the engagement piece. And in this episode, that's also piece of it, like targeting the right people in your audience with the right offers. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. So as we've just outlined, it's, it's literally about doing that. It's about saying, where are, what did you think of what we just did? You like that. And of course, just as an aside, if they, if you're, if you've got a rating scale of between zero and 10 and they, and they rate you seven or or lower, you might think, actually, I don't really think that's satisfactory at all. I think that's not good enough. You might show a different question as a second question, rather than how else can we help you? You might show them a different question and say, actually, we're not, we thought we'd do a little bit better than that. Can you give us a bit of feedback so we can work on that? And now you can go back, take action on that and go back to them and say, hey, this is what we've done about that as well. So you can be improving retrospectively as well. So you're getting engagement. The really interesting thing about using surveys for engagement is that people love to give their opinions. People absolutely love to give their opinions. What they don't like is filling out 42 pages of survey questions where they've got to think about their answers because they've got huge, massive text answers. No, don't do any of that. In fact, every time you add a text field where people can type into a survey, you're going to see a significant drop in the number of people who complete your survey. What we're all about here at Response Week is measuring completion rates because if people are not completing your surveys, then you're not getting the information, you're not getting the sales and activity that you're looking for. So if every time somebody adds a, an open text box for people to type into, we are seeing a drop in completion rate. What we want to do instead is have people just clicking on options. And by having them just click on options, what's nice is they don't have to engage their brain too much. They're going to be clicking and not thinking too much. But secondly, is you can only you can choose to present only options that you have a solution for. If you open up a box which says, and you're a business coach, for example, and you say, hey, what's your biggest problem you're facing right now? And they type into a big open box, oh, well, I, I think my partner's cheating on me or some kind of relationship thing. Then you don't have a solution that's going to help with that. So you can't go back to the person and go, oh, really sorry about that. Hashtag awkward. Whereas if the only options you give them, and rather than that big text box, you've just got a bunch of options, which are things you can help them with. Then guess what? You get to build your business, but most importantly, you get to move that person forward in a way that's positive. So you can help them. So make sure we're doing it that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just love it. So what would be like a parting advice you can give the audience in finishing up this amazing episode? I suppose it all comes back to that. The thing we opened the episode with, or earlier in the episode anyway, where we talked about this idea of if you have a small tribe of customers and you can get them to to increase their value in two ways, both by buying more stuff and also by spreading the word, becoming a brand ambassador, as we say, then that's going to work much, much better than because the, the hassles of having loads of customers outweigh the value sometimes. It's much better to create a small tribe of your perfect customers and be able to sell them further up your sort of ladder of stuff or sell them more things that's going to work much more effectively than trying to go out and hunt that new prey. So if you can separate that sort of in your mind and say, you know, I'm less excited about going out and having a new sales conversation because most of us don't like sales conversations. So what if we could run a business that cuts that out? That'd be great. So why don't we have fewer sales conversations with the difficult sales conversations anyway, with new people, because those are hard and have more easier sales conversations with the people that already like us. That's a win-win for everybody. And the new people who come in are pre-sold anyway, because they've emotionally purchased into the recommendation they have. Yeah, yeah. So share again the link where people can go and get some amazing bonuses as well and training sure. from you guys. 
Sure. If you want to learn more about email marketing from the basics all the way up to really advanced stuff to help you get more sales from your email marketing, we have a free podcast. It's called The Email Marketing Show. We'd love to have you over on that. And if you'd like to check out Response Suite, you can try it for $1 for a full 14 days. So you get two weeks to actually get it implemented into your business. Uh, and we'll help you to do that as well. You also get our Survey Marketing Masterclass and a, a one-on-one implementation call with Kennedy or myself. You did it. Well done. We're proud and, of you. And uh, all you've got to do is go to responsesweetdeal.com forward slash heart sells. Responsesweetdeal.com forward slash heart sells. Thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom and everything you you're obsessed with of making the customer engagement better, of really serving at a much deeper level, um, not just the surfacey, you know, read my email, buy my stuff but really having those conversations that are coming from the heart. So thanks for having been on Heart Sales Podcast. Our pleasure. Thank you. Well, I also loved this episode and I hope you checked out both episodes with Rob and Kennedy because the value they provide is pretty, pretty awesome. And it will help you with your engagements, with your opening rates in your emails, with being really of better, better service because people read your staff and people want to engage. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Make sure you hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab. While you're there, sign up for the empowerment notes. That's empowerment once a week into your inbox and also special announcements for amazing stuff that's going on in the hard sellers world. And thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Mm-hmm.